this Sunday. We're going to be in week four. This is our final uh, week in the Listen series as we're going to kind of do like a transition moment. We're going to, we're going to take one step forward with our, our, our listening. And so um, the whole like thrust and emphasis of this ser- series is that we would have a fresh focus on the heart and the voice of the Lord. And so there are things that he has said uh, that have been emanating from his character since before anything physical was formed. And then there are words and phrases, inspiration and passion, uh, vision that he would give to us uh, even today. And so we would love to have like a fresh focus, a listening ear tuned to who he is. About three weeks ago, uh, we pointed out that, you know, there's 107 days until the end of January, right? Now, that's only 107 minus three is like, what is that, 86? Close enough, 76? Anyway, I know this, it's 55 days until January 1. 55, and now, quick question, does that sound like a long time or a very short amount of time? Short. Even the sense of like, whoa, that's soon. Isn't that fascinating? Because that's very true for us. And at the same time, uh, man, there's just so much like freedom in the Lord. The reason why I bring up that uh, span of time is because I do hope that in our listening, we would perhaps hear one word from the Lord. So, all of this, I'm going to kind of let, let, let all the cat out of the bag right now. So listen is one word. Uh, at the end of today's sermon, we're going to step into our next sermon series, which is give. I also, one word. We mentioned four weeks ago we wanted to be in a season of listening. So I would invite you right now to begin to ask the Lord, listen, keep a notepad with you and say, Lord, what is one word for me for 2023? What is one word for me for 2023? 55 days might seem like a long time, right, to receive one word from the Lord. So we have plenty of time. But I can so I did this, and maybe I cheated a little bit last year. Uh, I don't do this every year, but I definitely did it last year because I knew in November that I would be stepping into a new ministry opportunity. Everybody on staff in my previous church, myself and all, we we just agreed that God was on the move and that this was the season that I would find myself in my next space. We just knew it. And so when we were in that space of expectancy and listening, um, man, I was like, all right, Lord, like, what is my word for 2022? And um, I guess if it was like one word, it would be new. But... I went ahead and took the whole phrase, all things new. And now I have a new church family. I live in a new state. I have a new address. I have a new bank. The new goes, I'm still driving the same truck. um, So I got like 55 days to change that into something new, right? Um, I'm like, what is it new? And let's, I've got, I've got a new recreational hobby. Come on. I play basketball with Dwight. Um, but man, like, 
it's beautiful to see now what God has done over the course of 12 months with this idea of all things new. And so I want to invite all of us, uh, perhaps just to put our ear to the Lord and ask, man, God, what is our word for 2023? So that's all of what we got packed up in this sermon series. I do want you to open to James chapter 1 with me. We were here last week for our fun generational uh, Sunday activity. I want to go back to James chapter 1 and look at a couple of things that I think will help us just in our listening to the Lord, uh, but also hear clearly James' um, proclamation about listening. So join me, James chapter 1, beginning in verse 16, um, where it says this, Do not be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Like whatever is good and perfect, it comes down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes. He never casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. When I read these verses this time, this week, two things immediately just come right off the screen, come right off the pages to me. First is this, like, we can be misled and God cannot. His warning is do not be misled. So if you think about it, man, you know, we can get off on the wrong path. We can find ourselves taking steps, going in a direction that isn't good for us or that we don't want to go. Um, I mean, like, it could be our motives, right? Our motives, it can be reactions, it can be beliefs. There are several things that might take us in a particular direction. For context, James here is speaking specifically of temptation. Right? Our desires uh, luring us away from the presence of God or luring us away from the direction of God. And he says, do not be misled specifically. Again, like, like God is not a tempter. And so he affirms like the strength, permanence, and the character of God, like, like, like the absolute certainty of God. God does, and that's why Moe goes on to say, right, man, of God's goodness, how he, he is, let's, let's go back to, to the, right, he says, whatever is good and perfect, man, that comes down from us, uh, down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heaven. He never changes nor casts a shifting shadow. We have like these movements. Um, God is I am. So, the, 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 he simply cannot, like, be misled or get off on the wrong direction. He simply is. So, he is truth. He is light. He is love. Uh, he is patient. There's just everything from him emanates in, a, you know, in every direction at all times. That's the beauty of, like, God versus us. 
It's also the invitation of God to us. And so when we read this, like whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God, our Father, who created, like his, God's goodness is forever and his goodness is for us. So not only is God like absolutely permanent and perfect, he's permanently and perfectly like working to reconcile us, to draw us to him. And one of the greatest kindnesses of the Lord is his word. Let's go back to the scripture. Look at this for a second. So don't be misled. Let's find ourselves rooted in the Lord because the Lord is always good. And everything that is good is uh, an indication of his goodness. He never changes and he chose. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. In verse 18, when it says true word, those are two different uh, you know, Greek words. Word is obviously logos. That's one you heard before. Logos, though, can be a divine utterance. That's not in every case, but in this case it is. It's God's true word. So it is a divine utterance. And also the word true is like a divine truth that is revealed to man. So those two words right there are a tremendous gift. There's a book called The Happiness Trap uh, that showcases like a particular form of therapy that's called ACT Therapy. Um, I don't want to get into all of the, the uh, specifics of the book, but I did want to share this with you. Early in the book, that has this observation. It says, humans rely heavily on words. Other animals use physical gestures and facial expressions and a variety of sounds to communicate, and so do we. But we are the only animal that uses words. When I read that, I thought, oh my goodness. There is a new level of understanding and appreciation for I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And when Jesus in John chapter 8 calls Satan the father of lies. Because the truth is huge for us. Think about how stabilizing how secure, how strong and safe, how much better off we are in the truth. So I would say that the truth is one of God's greatest kindnesses to us. Truth is one of God's greatest kindnesses. And so as we, again, put a bow on listening, James tells us, man, do not be misled. And so in that he's saying, man, we can be. We can get off on the wrong tracks. Let's not do that. Let's remember that God is like secure, permanent, um, an unwavering fixture of greatness in any age. Let's find ourselves clinging to him. Let's tune our hearts to hear his truth. Go on to verse 19. Understand this. My dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, 
and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. Humbly accept the word that God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. We said it last week that quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. These aren't just things that we do. These are things that we be. We have a posture in our heart and in our minds, whether we're talking to the Lord, whether we're talking to each other, we want to be listeners. We want to understand what is available to us when we actually take the time to listen. Slow to speak, slow to get angry. In light of what we've already been talking about this morning, as far as like we can be misled, we can get off on the wrecks, we can follow pride, or we can follow uh, jealousy, or we can, we can follow something and get off track. But if we're listening, and specifically listening for God's voice and God's truth in any situation, once we find it, we go, oh, there. Oh, there. We find ourselves making steps forward in faith on the strength of of God. How many, have you ever had an opportunity where, where you said, man, I should have listened? <laughs> Never happened. I should have listened. What's fascinating about that, I mean, like today, so like God gave me this, man, I love it so much, right? So we're going to go from listen, one word about listening, we're going to step into like action verbs, give, you know, doing. A lot of you probably see right where we're going, right? Give. I should have listened. There is, there is, there, there's, a re, there's a recollection in like saying, man, I, I should have heeded what was told to me. But what we're really saying is I should have heeded and acted differently. Right? I should have listened. My dad said, you know, to save a little bit of my allowance, not blow it on on Big Lee Chew. You guys remember Big Lee Chew? Who remembers Big Lee Chew? <laughs> yeah, come on, baby. Um, yeah, should have listened. When we were driving, uh, I think it was one of our trips from Lubbock to Baton Rouge this summer as we were moving, there was a point where we needed gas. And we stopped at a gas station that was ridiculously too expensive. And so I was like, let's just find another one. And I was like, surely we can just leave here. And like, she, my, my wife was like, you probably need to like go ahead and like file on your phone and like follow the directions. I was like, no, we're good. Right. I should have listened. I should have acted differently. Heeded the instruction and acted differently. Should have listened. Should have listened. I know that it can be mysterious when we start talking about hearing from the Lord. Like, if I were to be honest, sometimes it's even frustrating. Because I want so bad to hear him. And there are times when I'm not sure if I have. Or how much longer do I need to wait to, to receive a word. It, it, God, is this what you want me to do? Right? It, it can be frustrating. But I love what we see here in verse 19. I want you to dial in on this, right? Go back to verse 19 for me. Thanks. First, verse 20 says, human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. And I'm, I'm taking a tangent, but, but I want to for a second. I don't want us to miss this. Like, if we act 
on only what we have in the flesh and here on earth, it's not going to produce the righteousness God desires. The actual word there for righteousness could also be justice. So think about it this way, like the things that God is making right. It's not just being holy or getting yourself all put together, right? If we have a a long church heritage, when we see the word righteousness, it's like, that's the thing I'm supposed to be, but I'm not, right? Erase that for a second and see it as righteousness and justice, the things that God desires, the thing that God is setting right when he works, when he contributes. And so it's saying, man, human anger is not going to get you there. The word produce is like to work toward. So human anger is not going to be any kind of work that will get you toward the things that God is looking to make right. But then he goes on to say, so man, get rid of filth, get rid of evil in your lives, and humbly accept the word that God has planted in your hearts. For it has the power to save your souls. Has planted. Past tense. It's already happened. So when we're listening for a new word from the Lord, what are the words that you've already heard that you can act upon? Let me ask it this way. What has the Lord already planted in you? What has he imparted into you? What is he, what's the word that he has given me? As a dad, I can say, man, like, don't frustrate your children. That's a word that he's given, right? And I, I know it, and I can walk it out today, and I can walk it out tomorrow. There are tons of words that he has already planted. I would say that we even know, and sometimes we've acted on it, and we've seen the fruit. We've seen us standing in the truth and taking bold steps towards the things that the Lord is making right with his actions and his desires. But as we talk about listening, we can put to bed the frustration of I haven't heard the Lord for my next step, because even then we can rely on the word that we have received from him for our next step. And there's a lot of beauty and strength in taking those steps. So I would love for you to answer that question, man. What is a word that he has already planted in your heart? Let's go to the next one, verse 22. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. What is it that God has already planted in your heart? As we step into these next 55 days and this exercise to hear him more clearly, um, man, I really want to encourage all of us um, to listen slowly, but when we hear something Say yes. Say yes. Because this is one thing that I have found to be true. And that is, whenever we get a prompting from the Lord, 
if we want to know that it truly was God, say yes. Act on it. And then you'd be like, yes, that was God. Or you'd be like, I hear the Lord. Ooh, no, that wasn't the Lord. Right? But then you know, I hear the Lord. That was God. That was Every yes will help us fine-tune our hearts to his voice. If it's always, I don't know, or know that there's a reservation to that, man, then like we, we won't ever really know, right? We won't, we won't sense his direction and his clarity if we're not moving in his direction. Um, so as we step into this season of listening and doing, man, I hope it is said of us that we are kids who listen and say yes. Let's be his kids, let's be his sons, let's be his daughters who listen and say yes. Think about this for just a moment. How bold and courageous and different would life be if these were two of our daily rhythms? And man, it just be said to me, I am listening to the Lord and when I hear him, I say yes. And if I'm not hearing him like in the moment, and because like we're a spirit and word church, we value the word of God, we value the Holy Spirit. We know that both can speak to us. So we're listening to both. And there's just a, like a, there's an emphatic yes in every one of our steps. There's a beautiful step. So let's be kids who listen and say yes.